This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we discuss what made news, what didn't, and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. This is yours truly, Cherry Agarwal, and joining me today is Business Standards, Arup Roy Chaudhary. Hi, Hello. Arup. Hi. Welcome to News Laundry and to Reporters. Uh, how has the week been for you? It's been... The most interesting thing has been about <laughs> Rahul Gandhi, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, uh, if we're starting to talk about the minimum income guarantee scheme by... We Rahul will, Gandhi, a little later. Yeah, otherwise the week has been that only. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Arup covers economic policy and policymakers. And interestingly, you want a Norwegian football manager to form the next government? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he's the Manchester United <laughs> head coach now, the manager. And yeah, he could, yeah, he can form a government so in India. So you don't I want any him... Indian to be in the government anymore? Who? Honestly, who? Okay. <laughs> we'll come to that question. But uh, today, Arup is here to talk about the much-discussed minimum income scheme announced by the Congress party. But before we deep dive into that, let me introduce other silent panelists today. Uh, we are joined by our head of research, Ayush Tiwari. Hello, Cherry. Hi, Ayush. How have you been? Very hot, <laughs> temperature-wise. Okay. So, Ayush, you are our head of research. Yes. How many people are there in your team? <laughs> given, given I fact-check you on a daily basis, I have at least two. Okay. Yes. So, oh, you think... Oh, what? Two? Yeah. I mean, I fact-che- I've been fact-checking Cherry. So, oh. that, so hello, uh, that doesn't make me a part now. of your team. Well, I mean, I do On that <laughs> note, subscribe to News Laundry to get more people on a research team. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say that for you, that you are like a one-person army of research and we need more money. But I think I will not say that. Man, I hope my friends are not listening to this. Because <laughs> they really think, oh my god, Ayush is the head of research news only. But On now that you... note, make Ayush's <laughs> friends listen to this. <laughs> yes, do that. Yeah. And as you would have figured out by now, Meghnad is also on the panel today. Hi, hi. Hi, Meghnad. Welcome. Thank you. I'm here to do subscription appeals, guys. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. And also, Meghnad does more for you know, to spread con- lit- literacy on constitution and elections than anyone else on Twitter right now. Oh, so good thanks. job. Thank you. Thanks. That's on that thanks. note, subscribe to News Laundry so that Meghnad can make people <laughs> literate again. Or I can get paid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. All of that's, us. That's for all, all of us. us. Yeah. In today's episode, we'll be discussing different aspects of Congress. We'll also be touching upon the Reuters study, which speaks about news consumers and their trust in media. We'll also be talking about electoral bonds, election commission's role in overseeing social media and more. And subscribers, if you're listening to this podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, or iTunes, or any other podcast app, like Spotify, yes, Spotify, please visit our website, newsdondry.com to check out some other cool stuff that we do, like interviews, Meghnath's show, Manisha's show, and like the report reports. that you, exactly, hmm. I do really interesting reports, but let's begin with talking about your report. My report? You did a report yesterday about... Yeah. Uh, the Reuters survey that was put out. So what really happened, you were telling me something really interesting about how the most visited site is not necessarily the most trusted. Yeah, yeah, so the Reuters report, I mean, they tried to find out which websites mostly educated male and, you know, urban living uh, individuals who have access to the internet when they have to check out their news or see what's up going on in the world, they visit a given number of websites. But there was a different parameter of which of these websites are more trusted. So even though some websites made it to, you know, especially the NDTV, which was on the top of uh, both 
I think online, print, digital, and TV. As uh, the most visited, as the most news visited source. news resource, it wasn't the most trusted. So the Ooh. most trusted still, according to the Reuters study, is Times of India. Okay. Then uh, wait for it, Doordarshan, and then Hindustan Times. So and then NDTV, of course. So I mean, am I right in saying that the people, the audience, news mm. audience, trusts the government more than it does the media right now? Well, it didn't say anything about the government as such, but what we can say is that Indians, according to the report, when it comes to showing concerns, because a lot of Indians in the survey actually attested to the fact that they are concerned about fake news, poor journalism, clickbait stuff, uh, they want government to pitch in and regulate these, okay. which is way more than internationally. So I think 44% Americans in their other survey said that the government should partake, but in India that number is 64. I do want to come back to you about the sample size, but Arup Meghna, did you guys know about this report? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, I was searching for my company's <laughs> website, but no. <laughs> and you, and yeah, did you it find it there? there? Wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't there. Uh, see, uh, this is interesting. What he said about Times of India, it's like Times of India, India right now in this country is almost synonymous as Xerox versus was with photocopying. I mean, whenever someone, wherever in some town or the other, some small, whenever they send news check, करना है, they op- openly they first go to timesofindia.com, right? So. it's become synonymous right and perhaps that's the reason it came on top of the it was the most trusted yeah it was so the, the most, most visited was ndtv ndtv that's interesting yeah which is why i wanted to discuss ayush's report but it brings me like bs was and i did there. not know dd had a website i'm so sorry i did not know dd had a website <laughs> that's true actually yeah. i mean uh, i know there's a channel but like website who goes yeah. there yeah we are a website yeah hopefully like, people uh, come to our website doordarshan website no, i didn't i wasn't aware But yeah, like uh, Arup mentioned that the BS's website wasn't there. So right. what was the sample size like? But there were about thousand and thirteen respondents. That's very small. Yeah, that's a very tiny sample. So very tiny yeah. sample, and they so the the set of people is divided into uh, people with political affiliations. So there are I think five hundred pro BJP uh, respondents, two hundred and thirty two pro UPA. and the rest 230 uh, 280 i think are non partisans and what okay, was okay wait so there was a question there which was basically are you pro bjp are you pro inc has to be yeah yeah okay. there was a question that raises yeah. a lot of questions on when was this done this report this no when was this survey done i don't know i don't think they've mentioned it comes out on if 25th march if it's done any time after 10th march it's a breach of <laughs> code of conduct code of conduct no you right cannot yeah, yeah, ask, you cannot do this you can't do that perhaps look they didn't specify but the interesting thing is that most of the responses about which news channels you trust which ones you watch the alternative channels you prefer was the question was in the last week so it's the week mm. previous to when you know all when these responses were collected and gathered yes So, uh, Arup, coming to you, I actually thought that report was very underreported, which is why I asked the panel if they had known about this report. But Arup, coming to you, what did you think over the last week? Actually, last two weeks uh, has been very underreported. Something that really caught your eye huh. that you thought the media should have covered a lot more. See, some of some there is. I want to talk about election commission, elections, and social media. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Now, Wire had a story. BS had a story. We had a story. I'm plugging my own story. <laughs> But yeah, the point is that right there is an election commission, right? Mm-hmm. And there are uh, apps like like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, right? They are still somewhat monitored. Move away from those. Go WhatsApp? to the ones like TikTok. Can they monitor Go to the encrypted? Ones, no, no, wait, 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 wait. They can. Hmm. They can because the, these companies have given them what they call a code of ethics. Yeah, they voluntarily given ethics, them. Yeah. Right now, we are not talking about these four. 
Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, we are not talking about. We are talking about the other apps. The share TikToks, chats. share chats, WeChats. I mean, that is the wild, wild west of mobile internet. I mean, trust me, there is some really weird stuff going on there. Yesterday, right? I was looking at this video, which is called, uh, there's a new genre called Hindutva Pop, right? Uh, on YouTube, yeah, exactly. it gets like millions and millions of views yeah. on these songs done by like very tier two, tier three yeah, pop yeah, artists yeah. about, you know, how great Narendra Modi is, how awful Pakistan is and like super like, like how awesome the temple will be. Inciting yeah. bullshit, right? Yeah, and yeah, again, wild, yeah. wild west. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing, right? Now these apps like TikTok, ShareChat, WeChat and others, they are very extremely popular in tier two, tier three cities, in the villages, in the towns, right? Mm-hmm. And political parties are taking advantage of that. Now the election commission has sat down mm. with these companies, including the TikToks and ShareChats of the including world. Including TikTok, yes. Yeah, yeah. And they have come out with a code of ethics. But honestly, how much can you monitor? Also, it's also self-reporting, right? From what I understood from the whole notice, uh, the notice is going to be about these companies forming yeah. teams which are uh, directly collaborating with the election commission. Plus, election commission forming its own teams. Yeah. Which will be quite understaffed, let's yeah. be very honest. Yeah. But, so but that, And then uh, reports will be going from this team to that team and then the election co- or like vice versa where election commission is being alerted about certain violation and then they would tell these guys to take it off. Right. And the report ha- and the action has to be taken within three hours. Yeah, which the is thing, what yeah, is most Within three hours when the, pro- the problem is that you really can't take a lot of these action in three hours, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, for example, there is something called the C-Vigil app which the election commission has launched where mm. you can take photos of whichever breach you are seeing or you can take screenshots from whichever app you are using, right? If you're using see some breach of World Code of Conduct on TikTok, you can For take an For example, uh, Wing Commander Abhinandan's picture on a lot of posters yeah. that were taken down based I on complaints. I have seen some of the, there are worst examples. Someone told me, I didn't see it, someone told me that there was a video on TikTok of a girl committing suicide. And the caption was, this girl committed suicide because Rahul Gandhi dumped her. I haven't seen it. Wow. I don't know whether it's true. I cannot vouch for its veracity. I want to watch that right now. Yeah, but there are other, like for instance, like other worse ones, like which was which was basically uh, like I was just showing Cherry this. There's this page called My First Vote for Modi, hmm. which yeah. has sponsored posts now where they are selling Narendra Modi merchandise if you pledge to vote. Your for first Modi, vote yeah. for Narendra Modi. Isn't that Modi. a violation of the MCC? Exactly what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, it's like as good as bribing, I guess. So election commission <laughs> is, I'm not saying they're not doing much, they are. But my I concern mean, is with something like the internet and the lack of a specific law to govern yeah, social media. Yeah. Can, are you really scratching the surface of what is actually is out there? That for me has been underreported and that should I, I hope that is reported more and more as we come closer to the vote polling dates hmm. I want I hope that is something which which more people talk about like social media and the election commission and elections I mean That's before we move on <laughs> just to give credit to where it's due the election commission has been taking action against they the have. complaints they have and very effectively so far they have. from but the reports that I've read my, but, my uh, question is again, but what percent again yeah. what percent we don't know that, right? Like, we for instance, maybe they are just putting out reports of we have taken action. Exactly. Whereas there might be thousands and thousands which have just been ignored. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if these internet and social media companies themselves don't know what is going on in their apps. Absolutely. But in another interesting question, we just need to move on from this to Nyai. But I do want to ask, does the election commission have the jurisdiction to do such a thing? During elections, they are the only ones with jurisdiction. Yeah. 
Okay. They have also, jurisdiction over everything. And today is uh, March 27th, right? And as we go closer to the elections, which is like April 11th is right here, like 20 days, what, 15 days away. But as we go closer to the elections, you do realize that this will get more and more intensive. Like right now, yeah. if till now, if you thought it was like going crazy, but after this point, which is the like the Namo TV thing that is happening where there is a whole channel in three yeah. channels dedicated to Narendra. Now things like this will only become worse and worse and on state levels, on local levels. So that's a something. And a lot of it is not in English or Hindi. A yeah. lot of it is in the regional language. Correct. Um, moving on, Meghnath, coming to you. What do you think has been most underreported or was overreported by Electoral the funding, I would say. Okay. You know, because like the thing is, you know, all of this election, all this whole election, which is whatever campaigning, etc. is being done. Now, uh, News Laundry did a report and I hope the listeners would check it out. Uh, Gaurav did one report about ghost advertisers on Facebook. Facebook yeah. right? And this is related to the social media thing as well, where pages which are not directly linked to BJP are spending crores on, you know, sponsoring posts on Facebook, right? So where is this money really coming from? Yeah. What is coming there? And the thing is that because of electoral bonds, which which I think also like people should check out, like there is an explainer video and many articles written on News Laundry on it. I think Arup, you did a story on this as well. On, on the electoral on bonds? Yeah, that was quite some time. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember speaking yeah. to you about that. So Arup has also done a story on this. But this point... At this point of time, there is a lot of anonymous money from God knows where coming to political parties. And it's primarily BJP. 96% of that money is going to the BJP. Wow, that's and a staggering number. Th that's exactly it. And if they have so much money, they are free to spend in whatever the hell way they want. Surrogate advertising and the funding of that surrogate yeah. advertising, he's yeah. right. That's going to be the biggest problem election commission. That's going to be the biggest challenge election commission faces. It is already a problem. Like, how do you know who is sponsoring these pages? Also, the election commission can't really regulate the money that is being used by patrons, right? They are not mm. political parties. Mm. They are not candidates. So if I want to go outside and promote or a person X wants to go out and promote BJP, Congress, TDP or any other party, the election commission can't really they do can't. anything about that. So they have this, taken some steps. With, with this hmm. uh, Facebook thing specifically, there are two pages which were ghost advertisers. They have their address registered as the BJP headquarters. We've discussed this in uh, detail based on Gaurav's report in one of our previous podcasts. Hmm. So do check out Reporters Without Orders, episode number 58. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if you have like direct links to the BJP or whichever political party that page has links or has declared it themselves that, you know, their headquarters is basically BJP. I mean, obviously the election commission has to take a year on that. Yeah. So they have advertisements, election commission, and they give certification. If anyone apart from the official party pages or supporters carry those ads, you are fined. Yeah. But that's it. Oh, and surprisingly it's enough, very tricky to yeah. deal. You know who is spending funding? more than Congress this time on social media? BJD. Wow. BJD is oh, constantly showing up. Uh, Naveen Patnaik's page and BJD's page is constantly showing up on the top spenders in Facebook. It'll be very interesting to look at who these people are who are funding these parties. But in the interest of time, we will move on to the next topic. I think I really just want to briefly address this before we go on to discuss UBI and the minimum income guarantee scheme. I think the changes, what has been most underreported are the changes brought to environment laws under this government. And particularly the ease with which the changes have been brought to allocation of land, which 
uh, are in favor to corporates we had discussed this in episode 57 where aruna chandrashekhar had given us a lowdown so do check that out and i also want to mention another report that came in from kashmir which i think was very underreported so uh, in the last week there were two deaths in kashmir while one was attributed to the forces to the armed forces and uh, the other was attributed to the militants what's really interesting about these two deaths is that the death that was attributed to the armed forces received quite an outrage whereas that was attributed to the militants did not get as much response so what was really interesting for me was to look at the media's coverage which i think has been negligible and reporting from kashmir has been very less except when it was pulwama and let's say balakot mm-hmm. but uh, moving on arup coming to you what was what can you tell us some specifics of the congress's announcement and what are some specific details that we really must look at very minutely uh first uh the fact is this that thank god we are having these conversations instead of who is feeds i mean which terrorist got which biryani and who's a pak premi and who's masood azhar's brother in law thank god the conversation has shifted to how will you fund this how will you go about this what mm. so these are the conversations we need to have around elections right definitely, not just definitely. rhetoric about kon pakistan hai kon indian hai right definitely. so that's one good thing opt up that's a very good thing i was happy that people are having the discussion on congress's minimum income guarantee plan right having said that i think they what they are promising is if not impossible it's near impossible okay why do you say that i'll tell you why so you have said that you will give 6000 per month for the entire year that is 72000 per family right that will be 3.5 lakh your estimates are that will be 3.5 lakh crore in a year that's your estimates yes right which is 1.7% of the gdp yeah this is the congress's estimate hmm. now this is not first of all let's be honest this is not universal basic income hmm. universal basic income goes to everyone without any conditions which is what that, i wanted to it, ask what's the difference yeah, between yeah. universal basic income and minimum income guarantee yes right universal basic income is something even we would get right and we know we don't need it and a country like india should never have universal basic income but everyone gets it right you can have a minimum income guarantee where you target a certain section right a certain backward section or a poorer section not targeted ubi is unconditional unconditional yeah what? universal basic income would Th- the be the definition is no, that only no everyone gets it no yeah. but everyone who is earning less than no, so no, that no. so that so becomes universal means wow. universal so yeah. everyone gets a minimum that becomes income. a quasi that becomes quasi ubi when okay. some a certain section gets it right but when it's targeted it then becomes minimum income guarantee yeah. okay. it's no longer universal basic income that's a definition of it right some country did this finland did this universal yeah, basic income yeah has to be one of the scandinavian countries so yeah. they can afford to they do this they did pilots yeah. and it it actually gave like good results but anyway go on So just a second just to give some context the congress had announced a new scheme that they would implement if they are voted to power by which poorest families 20% of the poorest families will get 72000 per annum that is what aroop yeah, is yeah. giving us details about mm-hmm. so now when you are promising this amount with a total amount with a total fiscal uh, your total expenditure burden is 3.5 lakh crore per annum right that is not something you can do without killing subsuming or getting rid of other benefits and subsidies yeah. right now that is where the problem arises right now in an interview with bs pravin chakravarty the data guy he had said he is the head of congress's yeah, data analytics yeah, team yeah so he had said that we don't know what subsidies we'll be removing that we'll see later now the road map he laid out was and the road map that people in congress are laid out laying down is that if we come to power 
for two we will have a committee first thing we'll do is set up a committee so for next for the next two years we will work with the states just like there is a gst council we'll form a body for this we will work with the states we'll talk to the states we'll launch a pilot only in the third or fourth year of us coming to power will we launch the scheme actually nationwide right so that sounds good now the thing is there are some subsidies you cannot remove right yes there is one thing you can't touch that is the food subsidy Hmm. The PDS per annum, one point eight lakh crore, one point seven lakh crore. That's your bill. Correct. It's one point eight lakh crore for twenty nineteen twenty. By twenty twenty one, it may go up to two lakh crore. Correct. Right. You can't touch that. So another thing you can't touch is Narega. There are some things you just don't touch. Sorry, just to button. One of the people on the Congress Working Committee have said that uh, we will be looking at schemes that are reaching their objective will not be touched, but schemes that are not meeting their targeted objective will be rolled back. <laughs> Now. This scheme, the Congress's proposal, can only work if it is a targeted direct benefit transfer in in lieu of certain subsidies. If it is a top up in addition to certain subsidies, which the Congress is saying it is not. It we are having a budget blowout. Our budget has gone for a toss, right? Now, what the BJP government has done, right, is number one is obviously targeting PM Kisan, right? It's mm. at certain small and marginal farmers. Mm. The next step for them is to turn it into their own version of a quasi. Minimum income guarantee, right? What they will do in the next step, if they hope, if they come to power, the next step thing they will work on is right now the fertilizer subsidies go to the fertilizer companies who Correct. who sell the fertilizer to farmers at a subsidized price. Mm. They want to make it direct benefit transfer directly into the bank account of the farmers. So the fertilizer subsidy in the bank account of the farmers plus PM Kisan will be the quasi universal basic income or the quasi minimum income guarantee for the farmers. Correct. So BJP is already on its way, right? So what the Congress is promising, while it is on the numbers, like politically, yes, it will work. What I'm hearing is people are talking about it, that it has certainly generated some interest. But they will have, fiscally speaking, and as a policy reporter, I would say they have to be extremely careful about where they are going with this. Mm. And it is something they may not be able to implement. Correct. I I, I want to actually counter. Sure. Right. Um, oh. So basically, what what I think absolutely like it will be difficult to implement because primarily how will you identify these people? Right. Like twenty percent. This figure also I don't know how they came to that, which is twenty percent of the population will get it, etc. Because uh, like right now, if you look at the below poverty line, you know indications, it's something thirty four percent or something, and it keeps shifting. Correct. Obviously, it will. It's not a static figure. So, like with I, as I mentioned this big about uh, the even the reservation, the ten percent reservation. There is a point where someone might be above poverty level or below poverty level, and it all depends on that. Like for instance, if an accident happens tomorrow, people will be pushed into poverty. All right, and that happens often. Right now, in this case, which is a minimum income guarantee, like nyai, what happens when someone who used to get the minimum income guarantee has become like now above poverty will they give their certificate back will they actually tell the government it's not poverty line by the way it's no not, but i'm i'm saying the poorest 20% their their calculation is any poverty line is much below 12000 per month right right but congress's calculation is anyone earning below 12000 per month which is why i wanted to come yeah, back to the exactly. basics yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what is this minimum income threshold? Yeah. How did the Congress come to seventy-three, seventy-two thousand figure per year? And like uh, Meghnath pointed out, how do how would they identify the beneficiaries? And how are they going to rule out the exclusion and inclusion errors? See, this is what um, uh, one really has to uh, one one really needs to find figure out how why the Congress came up with this level that any family who's earning below twelve thousand per month. will be getting this while the actual the last poverty line was used was the rangarajan 
formula mm-hmm. right with the, exactly with, uh, so uh, during the upa two time if i'm not mistaken uh, there was a debate about uh, there were two i mean even the technical details are very, it's very specific but there were two formulas which they, they, there was a tandulkar formula for poverty and there was a rangarajan formula the planning commission then the upa they followed the rangarajan the, which was by the former governor okay sinangarajan right so when the nd government came to power my sense they pretty much i mean it was there but they pretty much stopped following it because for them what became more important was if you are due a subsidy it will come directly to your bank account irrespective of which, which where are you on the poverty mm-hmm. scale right the congress instead of going by any set poverty formula has come up with 12000 per month yeah right And is it 12000 per month for families family, or family family okay. family now they say that i'm i'm going to slightly like interrupt you here isn't 12000 also a figure that was given by our uh, economic report economic survey. Uh, survey the 2017 economic survey i'll have to check 2017. that 2017 yeah because they had said and mm-hmm. niti ayog later said it's 8000 yeah. but the economic survey had said i will 12, have to 000. check this number i think you're right yeah. because from what we are gathering the former ceo dr arvind subramanian mm, exactly. and the former rbi governor raghuram rajan we don't know for sure to confirm but there is a strong buzz that they gave their inputs to the congress party on this to what extent they gave those inputs we don't know a number of economists have given their inputs yeah raghuram rajan definitely i think rahul gandhi said hmm. but uh, uh, arvind subramanian also yeah, is sort of that's what we are hearing the buzz in the bureaucratic circles is that arvind subramanian also gave inputs to this okay yeah he definitely has a research yeah. paper yeah. that he authored he, that says validate sort of what he basically there have been a discussion on universal basic income for a long time but it came into prominence in his 2016 and 2017 yep. economic surveys he spoke yes. at length yeah. in these economic service about universal basic income there of course there was a lot of details about conditionality yeah <laughs> what it should be what not that's why he called it a quasi universal basic income I remember Since when he, he talked about the ubi people said that his universal basic income is neither universal nor basic nor an income yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. so many tweakings yes. and yeah. so many conditions and that's the political leadership then said uh, that india doesn't have the political maturity it was like a few years ago to implement something called ubi because to implement ubi i left to get rid of the subsidies mm-hmm. getting rid of the subsidies political suicide but since we are talking about mm-hmm. arvind subramanian here critics of the ubi say that it is to reduce it would reduce the labor input because people are getting money quote mm-hmm. unquote for mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. what do you have to say to that and ayush i would like for you to jump in yeah well see that there is i think uh, someone from the oxford university of south asia center wrote a piece for the wire where they brought in brought, brought this into fore but didn't address it too well is that that someone if this is going to be implemented as a policy and i don't think because we are discussing it now as a very in the economics of it i think it also merits discussion on the what the political ideas and motivations are for putting this policy ahead but someone will have to take care of that argument of what does it do to the incentive that people need to have in every working society in every industrial society when it comes to putting in certain amount of labor so my question to you is is money the only incentive for you to work it's not the only incentive of course but it's the major i think the most primary incentive for the poor it is the only incentive yeah. see yeah. i you know what what even i feel what might happen if no hypothetical situation if congress comes to power and they actually implement it narega work days will fall people will stop going seeking work through narega because they are getting 6000 per month in their accounts so you say that is similarly that apparently 6000 per month is it's similar to the amount that they are getting through narega work days anyways so you're right. saying 
when critics say that mm. the labor input mm. would fall because people would get money for so, not working so people who are at the lowest of the of that 20% bracket say who for whom 6000 per month is the only sustenance they might get 6000 from congress from the government and then put in work in narega that makes it 12000 for someone who's earning say around 10000 per month and yet you are getting the 6000 that puts you above the poverty level about the congress's level which is why this is the clarity we need on ki if you slight even if you're slightly below that 12000 per month figure you will still get this that's something the congress has not been able to at least in the interview i read they have not been able to clarify so okay. there are there are two things that mm. the congress also like sort of put out one is uh, wealth tax mm. they are saying that they will sorry i will just like to clarify that because okay. this is not correct mm. and then we can go mm. to the wealth okay. tax uh, just want to clarify this the congress did clarify this that they will give the money mm. only to bridge the gap Right. If you are earning six thousand hmm. and the minimum threshold is twelve thousand, they will give you six thousand. But if you are earning ten thousand, then you'll get two thousand. You will only get two thousand. Gap funding. How the world no, will no, they no, implement no, 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 this? No, 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 no. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, the day he announced this, it was also made clear to the Congress reporters and covering the press conference that this was his previous proposal, which now stands scrapped. That they'll bridge the income gap. What? Bridging the income gap. Was the proposal that he put out previously that Rahul Gandhi put out previously? Okay. And the day they announced Nay, apparently, at least our report, if I'm not mistaken, Rajesh Mohan's report said that that previous proposal of bridging the income gap doesn't stand anymore. So this current- new proposal stands. So this is we need some clarification. Yeah. So the cla- the confusion arises because the Praveen fellow at the Congress Data Analytic team, Praveen he's the one. Yeah, he's the one who introduced this confusion because Rahul Gandhi has hinted at this gap funding thing that you allude to, but he has said that it'll be in absolute terms and there'll be no gap be funding. Gap. So that's a clarification. But I also think this gap funding thing will be extremely bizarre. Like yeah. to also How are they going to identify to implement? And, and exactly. you can take my word for it. Till the coming election, they won't clarify it. Yeah, because keeping it vague is the best idea. Keeping it vague makes it more promising. Yeah, exactly. Like basically, what they're essentially saying is that you will get money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and and the thing is, the one more thing theory that is floating around. I don't know where these theories come from, but news channels report it anyway. Uh, is two percent tax on wealth, like extremely, extremely yeah. uh, inheritance uh, tax? They'll read zero point one percent, top zero point one percent to one percent. K, who be income bracket me aate, they will get. Uh, of two percent wealth tax, and that is what will fund this scheme. That Because is something previous governments have done. Yeah. We have had a wealth tax. I mean, exactly. we will have to increase wealth tax or let's say property tax. Otherwise, the only other option is to totally reconfigure subsidy under a common umbrella. Yeah. Otherwise, whatever items you have put out of GST, whatever items you have lowered from the highest bracket, put them back. So this is where I think BJP has been extremely clever about removing subsidies. Okay, because they have right the devolution thing which they did, which is basically they they were trying to uh, they took away money which was specifically intended for states to spend on specific schemes like midday Manrega, all of that, and then they gave it to them as devolution, hmm. which is basically they are free to spend it in whatever they want. So now this, if you look at it uh, from From a state level and turn it into an individual level. This is exactly what the Congress will do, but that will be at an individual level, where you are a person who was getting money from a certain scheme or like a subsidy from a certain scheme. Now you are just getting like a bulk amount, which you're, you know, you can spend spend wherever you want. You can spend it on gas. You can spend it on food. You can spend it on whatever like health schemes, etc. But that's my point. Like you are. 
if you are giving universal basic in, not universal but a basic income the whole idea of the the whole program throughout the world has been financial independence economic like, security it's, it's like the government should not decide where a person should spend their money yeah. it shouldn't be scheme based i think it should be a, a basic income security exactly. should be a right yeah. a citizen's exactly. right so, arup yeah please. so to be very honest the in these five years of the narendra modi government a lot has as he said a lot has happened in terms of removing targeted subsidies and just putting that money into the individuals bank account yes. that has happened to quite a lot of extent congress is just taking to another level hmm. now politically speaking states like if again hypothetical if the congress comes to power the state governments will love it right because no one will say no to this and the congress is willing to work with this they have said that they will work with the states on this why this can be a win win like i'm being the devil's advocate now i'm saying why this can be a win win is that if the congress keeps it unconditional he's right now in all the state chief ministers also want that in that instead of the center giving us fund for specific schemes just give us the money i as a cm will spend my own scheme say so the cms can say fine give us the money for this we will put our own name on this like instead of a pm what a minimum income scheme it becomes a mamta banerji minimum income scheme or something like that what is also interesting hmm. is this idea of hmm. giving a mini- minimum income to hmm. people has received sort of validation or support from across ideological lines as well right the right and the left both agree that people should get some minimum income but i want to come to another aspect of the nyay program or ubi if you want to put it that way would nyay lead to more privatization so this is what amartya sen the economist has said that in a market driven economy people will spend more on private education healthcare if their income is increased do you think that nyay could push people towards privatization and if so is that a good thing based on what it is if it's absolute it could if it's just a gap to get it into 12000 then they'll still see government services because only government services come that cheap in india correct so I it think, depends yeah. on the details on the, the devil is in scheme. the details yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean look if it depends on the expenditure so if you have gap funding of course the expenditure wouldn't be as major as it if it were in absolute terms but i remember when the fdi was being introduced in the last years of uh, upa2 i mean most of some good, very good an- analysis suggested that the economy was being opened up for fdi so that there's an inflow of money to fund the Fo- food security act that was coming that came out in 2013 so it's it's a it's a almost a global south pattern that neoliberal states will have to rely on market economy to build a parallel welfare system it's almost ironic i mean if if you can just go back during the cold war and tell this to people i would you know put money on seeing their reactions of how this thing can will play out but it's an interesting development that's one way to deal with problems i mean so one thing Since that this says that that the whole divide between capitalism socialism and all is this crap now you have both coexisting and sadly it's perhaps even working enough, together it's universal basic income is something that even right wingers will support yeah. because yeah. it's like it's which it's is a, what i was saying that yeah. it's receiving all the criticizing all the criticizing obviously because they have to the criticizing the specifics of this my point is at least it's more specific than your promise of 15 lakhs at least it's not as outlandish 
Yeah. Whether it's implementable or not uh, is something. Can I tell? Can can I correct you there? Okay. So this fifteen lakh thing, which which basically was you know circulated around, yeah. is it's a jumla or like an election thing. So apparently that was uh, something that was uh, spread by the Congress people. Like they've wow. taken like you know whatever. So it's it's apparently someone told me it's fake news. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There okay, is no such. News. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> it's not your fault. There is no such clip that you can take. people to that's where modi actually says that once i get elected you all get 15 lakhs he doesn't say that i think what he said was that if we bring back this so much black money that if you bring it back almost all of you can get 15 lakhs that's yeah, one way yeah, to yeah yeah uh, introduce the idea but there was no such promise obviously congress do it up but to what, sorry arup you want to come in yeah i think electorally this will be very helpful for the congress no doubt about it because see either you can be very vague like we know who extremely vague in your promises or you can be specific without being too specific i think congress is another smart thing here they have been specific but then the rest they have said ki we will form a committee we will see i think now the question is forget the city elite forget the urban elite you talking how about much, yourself yeah how much no how much of this will spread how is now you have announced it how much how how well do you package it and message it for the for where you will them in win the election the rural areas the small towns that's important but yes as i said ki this is a big this could be a big you know plus for the so congress so from from what i understand and what i've been seeing like even when uh, uh, priyanka gandhi gave mm. her first speech mm. which was in gandhi nagar mm. if i'm not wrong that is where she had also mentioned that you know uh, this is something minimum income guarantee is what we are planning to mm. do etc so i think that now as he put it the job is of the congress leaders to go from place to place to place and put it in their campaigns everywhere yeah. that they are doing this what is also interesting is what i think arup has hinted at is this is a poll promise how well this this gets implemented if it gets implemented is what we have to see because he's already mentioned that they're going to implement it only in the third or fourth year in office to actually see the impact of this policy or the scheme they will have to come to power again which means we are looking at two terms it's the same thing that bjp has been doing and saying right which is like humko bas 5 saal hi mile hai aur panch de do to tumko actual effect dikhega bhaiya so so as ek bhattacharya wrote in today's bsps this takes the politics of populism to another level like right it is populism max right whether it's let's be honest good politics is seldom good economics and vice versa now if you are doing this right if you are implementing this then the rival parties or if you even promising that the rival party will have to come top you will have to come up with something bigger something better now the hard solutions i know i'm preaching here but the hard solutions no one is looking at create more jobs hmm. you know create sure. more income and all that but that's touche yeah uh, but i do want to touch another topic it was an offshoot of what ayush was talking about when we were yeah. talking about welfare state is would this also sort of increase inflation if implemented yes short term short term there'll be a bump it will certainly make uh, india more statist okay inflation And there'll be a short term bump i think also the last question i want to touch on because we are running out of time is you already touched on this a little bit but why can't nyay be an added expenditure to our budget it can't be the f- our fiscal deficit probably if you if you had 3.5 at the current rate if you had 1.2 percent uh, right so our fiscal deficit goes from 3.4 to 5.4 percent six percent it can't be done man also because our tax collection is what our tax collection see uh, for that we'll have to 
increase our tax rates that's not done corporate tax income tax we'll have to again the things which we put out of gst we have to put them back in tax everyone right wealth tax right we have to pre- pretty much sell all psus and get that money di- di- divest or increase property tax because property tax would be paid by the creamy top layer the those earning most means your uh, election funders yes yeah yeah no nahi hoga okay see the thing is you and you will just end up borrowing from the markets more it can't be done your fiscal deficit goes for a toss the only way to sort mm. of fund this then would be to take off existing subsidies which is political suicide so ex- it cannot be a top up it has to be subsuming hmm. or replacing other hmm. subsidies it cannot be a top up india does not have the expenditure room the fiscal room for that if i may just break it down what you've already said is india collects about under 17% of its gdp as taxes According to the last budget presented by the Modi government, the tax collection was twelve point two percent, of which one third was given to the state government. Yeah, and 42%. given forty two percent, forty two percent. Given the current outlay of what we are projecting NIAI to be, it'll take up one fifth of the center's uh, expenditure. Center is in prop. See, so that forty two percent is overall, but GST you pay half to the states, plus you have integrated. GST from that you pay half, you pay compensation mm. to states, plus your share of that forty-two percent also you pay to states. Yeah. So, so the government won't, the central government won't have it. See, the only way it can be done is to involve state governments in it, like in terms of expenditure. That we will give this much, like a forty or a sixty-forty. Like the center will give sixty percent, the states will give forty percent, or the center will give fifty percent, the states combined will give fifty percent. That way, it can probably be done. So it cannot so be it, an. Uh, it, you know, fun, funny thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I recently found out. So when we were doing a episode of Constitution, mm-hmm. uh, you know what is the biggest expenditure of the government right now? It's not subsidies. It's not defense. It's interest. Mm-hmm. It's interest they pay on existing on, loans on their bond on, on their current borrowing payments. Right? Mm-hmm. So if yeah. they want to like sort of mm-hmm. do this scheme, uh, they will have to borrow mm-hmm. and they will have to spend more interest. So which means that the more you spend on interest, the less money the government has. to spend on other things which includes everything not just subsidies and imagine in that case states like maharashtra which are i think buried under loans yeah. from sweden and yeah. canada and all of that so that will be interesting to see how that turns out and especially i was thinking the kind of social i mean see the scheme of such huge scale would obviously introduce its own ecosystem of problems so there are not just economic issues but it's something like you know reservations that there are social problems social attitudes going to be shaped by it so if an if it comes to place i mean there will be some new it'll be fun yeah it'll be so fun <laughs> so there's lot of details and clarifications that we require as the panel has told you all and i can promise you one thing irrespective of congress comes back to power or not i can guarantee you through some way or the other the bjp government will announce something that tops this Modi was supposed to yeah. give an announcement while we are as we are oh, that's about random. I oh so yeah. to to tell you what it's about I just read it we have de- developed a Anti-satellite, missile yeah. which will shoot down satellites 300 kilometers so above yeah. the earth and ICBM yeah. missiles yeah so fun yay yeah. thanks announcement <laughs> thank you guys thanks announcement <laughs> <laughs> but with that we do come to the close of the podcast so panel your recommendations please oh, ayush uh, so i read uh, tony joseph's book um, early indians it's on the genetic history of indians and just shows how all of us are the same there is no aryan there is no dravidian it's crap and since we were discussing tiktok in today's podcast there's a report on it by it's a long essay by fountainink.in 
called TikTok TikTok, which gives you an idea of how huge India is as, as a market for this app. So yeah, those will be my recommendations. Okay, Aru. Can I give Netflix recommendations? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll get a lot of heat for it, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, there is this new series on Netflix called Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, holy it's shit, out yes. there. It it's is my recommendation. It's <laughs> really good and it's really out there. What is it? Parikshit so also recommended this. It's an anthology, this. right? Uh, like each episode is a different story and different form of animation. It's killer. It's like 15, 16 minutes per episode. And also, there is this good political thriller on Netflix again called Secret City. It yeah. is House of Cards, but way, way, way better. So yeah, those are my recommendations. And you also liked Delhi crime. It's gut wrenching. It was it it it. I mean, I was a reporter then. I had covered the story, but yet yet this. I mean, I, it kind of gave me a sleepless night. And by story, you mean the Nirbhaya? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Meghna, so I have your? a very vague rep- rec- recommendation, but I think you know it's going to change a lot of things. Uh, Google is developing this new technology called Stadia. Right, which which I think people should check out. Uh, the concept is you won't need a console anymore to play a video game. You just need a screen and a controller, and their servers will be the console, which will be streaming to you. So it's like Netflix, Netflix for, for video games. Wow! So wow. any it will be cross-platform. PS and yeah. so like you know just check out Stadia because it's kind of blowing my mind. I've been obsessed with it for the last two three days. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My recommendation is a piece in jacobinmag.com. It's uh, the piece is called The Case Against Universal Basic Income. Call me. Call me. Yeah, man. Reading Jacobin and all. Yes. So, I mean, it just gives you a different perspective. And like Meghnad was mentioning, where have the pilots been conducted? It gives you more details. And I've been reading this book by Baby Kamle called The Prisons We Broke. It's basically about how the Mahar community in Maharashtra has struggled against the caste system. So it's about everyday life, her struggles, and it's just a book that has often made me cry. Ambedkar was a Mahar, right? Ambedkar? Can I add to your recommendation? Yes, please. Yeah, uh, watch the latest episode of Constitution and Reservations. Please do. It's getting some interesting reviews. It's on newslaundry.com. It's on newslaundry.com. It's on our YouTube channel, everywhere. So that's a wrap for the episode. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you liked the discussion. If you didn't, you can leave all the hate on Meghnad Aroops and Ayush's timeline. And if you have any more feedback, love or brickbats, you can tweet it to me or send it to contact at newslaundry.com or to me at cherry at newslaundry.com. Also remember to keep news azad and independent, you will have to pay. And so that we can have Ayush and Gaurav do some more amazing reports. Yelp, yelp. (laughs) (laughs) Please pay to keep news free. Subscribe to News Laundry. You can visit our website, newslaundry.com. Happy subscribing. Thank you, panel. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Parikshit and Anilji. Just a trivia. Parikshit wants to launch a petition to make News Laundry happy again. So pay so that petition is possible. Wait. You need to pay to make a petition possible. Like, just subscribe, no? <laughs> like, that's, he that's needs, one reason why things are unhappy around here. <laughs> he needs a secretary to do that. He's He has a lot of work on his plate. Okay. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.